Good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you are in the country. It's Mike Banner here from the beautiful TV studio in Newport Ritchie, Florida. I have We Beams TV Studios. Hello from 62, who knew? Uh, I am so excited to get to this show. This is going to be a continuance of the unbelievable topic that we had last week. We have brought one person back on our panel of experts, two new people, although you will um, recognize them because they've been on before. Uh, but last week turned out to be the largest viewership we've ever had. And I think, what, John, this is our 86th week, 85 or 86? 86th. 85, okay. We had 35,000 people tune in last week to see this show live and almost twice as much to watch it in repeats the next seven days. We have never had those kind of numbers, and that convinces me, not that I needed to be convinced, more than ever that the topic of how we can bring affordable long-term care insurance to the masses of this country who otherwise think they can't afford it, but they can by using a reverse mortgage or a regular mortgage as a mechanism to finance their long-term care insurance. So that, we're taking that topic and we're just continuing it on this week uh, with a new panel of experts. Well, at least two-thirds of them are new. Uh, but before we get to them, I want to, just for our new viewers, because we obviously had a lot of new viewers last week, uh, for the new viewers coming to us today, I want to explain just a little bit of 62 Who Knew. But first, I want to explain why I walked in and I have a Christmas set this week. If you, if you have watched before, it's not the normal setting. This is going to be our set throughout the holidays. Um, you can conspicuously see um, that there is no menorah. I'm a Jewish host and everything's Christmas. So you can refer to me now as Santa Schwartz. That's what Not I will be me. between now <laughs> and December 25th. And next week there's going to be a menorah. Uh, but I was only fooling. Everything's fine. So what is 62 who knew? As people approach the age of 62, and hopefully even before that, but when you're really zooming in on that number, as I just did a few months ago, we all have the same questions. Have I saved enough money for retirement? Should my house be free and clear? Should I invest in annuities? Should I invest in stocks? Are there different types of investments? Should I take my Social Security? Should I defer it to the later point in time? Should I continue to work? Do I still need the life insurance that I had when the kids were younger? Because they're gone now. They're out. They have their own stuff. Do I need long-term care insurance? Do I need final expense insurance? The questions never end. And you know what's interesting about these questions is that our fathers ask these same questions and their fathers ask those same questions. And probably their fathers before that. But my generation, the baby boomer generation that is now turning 62, of which there are so many of, in fact, 10,000 people a day, not in the world, but in the United States of America, 10,000 people a day are turning 62 years old in the United States of America for the next 16 years. The baby boomers are here and we're coming out. We have one different hurdle than our fathers and their fathers and their fathers had, and that is the advantage or disadvantage, depending on how you look at it, of longer lifespans. Never, other than the last three decades, has medical breakthroughs, scientific technologies made such forward movement. Diseases are being eradicated. All types of cancers have now a high cure rate. Things are just improving left and right. So we are living longer. In fact, 
If you make it to 62 in this country, you have a 50-50 shot of making it to your early 90s. So who knew at 62 you still had one-third your life left? You still have another 30 years, half the time you've been here left. And the sad truth is, so that's why we're here. That's why we've grown so much. It's obviously a topic near and dear to everyone's hearts because we have grown like crazy. And I want to thank you, our audience, and all our great guests that have been on for 85 weeks. And we're about to bring up three of those great guests right now because we are now a panel show as of last week. So if we could, John, let's bring up our guests, and I will introduce them. First, if you are looking at the screen as I am, on the upper right corner, you heard me. You have heard me use his name probably more times than I've used anyone else's name in the 85 weeks. He is a, a dear friend, a mentor, a confidant. Um, they just don't make human beings like this. And he has been in the long-term care industry and well-known, respected nationally for 51 years. Mr. Peter Gelbwex, thank you for being back, Peter. Thanks, Mike. Thanks and, for having me. Actually, it's only 30 years, so don't. It's 50 years in the insurance business, but 50 I years, wasn't. 30 years long-term care, 50 years in, in insurance. That's amazing. First time Peter went to Caesars in Las Vegas, Caesar was actually there. It's uh, it was really an amazing thing. So now we go right below Peter Gelbwax to the person who's been on the most, who has drawn some of the biggest crowds. Everybody loves him. He is nationally known in the long-term care insurance world. Um, for his integrity, for his, the way he takes care of his people, and also a very, very good friend, Mr. Mark Goldberg. Thank you, my friend, for being back. Great to be with you, Mike, and the rest of this team. They're just—they're all looking sharp. I like. I it. wore the company shirt, but they dressed up. I—I I, I salute them. No, you're. No, hey, the, the, you have the company shirt on. You're showing the logo. That's the way uh, Tiger Woods does it. That's the way Michael Jordan does it. That's the way Mark Goldberg does it. I well, that's like your it. next guest. Your next guest is the Tiger Woods of long-term care. Yes, he is. My next guest, who was, um, has been on several times, but was part of our first panel show last week, uh, Mr. Bill Comfort, also widely known and respected in the long-term care insurance world, uh, but is also, in my opinion, and I'm the host, so I get to have my opinion, and that's just that, um, the top instructor of the CLTC the long-term care, the certified long-term care designation, which the finest long-term care insurance agents in the country all have that certification, and God knows how many thousands of them uh, Mr. Bill Comfort has taught. And welcome back, Bill. Thanks, Michael. I'm glad to be here, and it's such an important topic that we sort of stepped into in a new, bold way uh, last week, and I, it, there's just there's so many facets to explore. And uh, for you golf nuts out there, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know about being the Tiger Woods of long-term care insurance, but maybe the Butch Harmon of, uh, you know, who was once Tiger Woods' coach, uh, uh, long-term care. I might, I might take that mantle on uh, uh, that way as well. I like uh, that. But I'm glad to be you're, here and talk about this subject. You're probably closer to again. his age, Bill, right? <laughs> you're closer to Harmon's age than you are Woods. That's true. Right? Age yeah, is just a number. I'm closer to Arnold Palmer's age and he's dead. So, Well, Peter, I want to ask you something. Because you have a better stroke than Arnold Palmer. I'd be, bra I'd be bragging about that. Well, now he does, yeah. That's what I, I'm saying, yeah. yeah. All right, Peter. When we were talking earlier today, although I did not plan 
on making this part of the show. I really wanted to delve in right where we left off last week. I know there's no doubt Mark and Bill have a little bit of a different concept of, of, of how we're going to do this and how we can bring reverse mortgages into this world. But Peter, you brought up some not only relevant, but borderline scary um, statistics that you have been reading about, um, about COVID-19. I said last week, and I maintain it, we, I am not going to allow the show, you know, to be a COVID-19 scare. You know, you know, oh, my God, you're going to go out and buy this or COVID-19 is going to come back. But what you had said this morning when we were all talking um, really shed some light on what is happening in the increased cases and what's going to happen during Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'd like you just to take a little bit of time before we delve into everything else and share what you shared with me this morning. Sure. Uh, Mike, um, as you said, we don't want to focus on this. Everyone is getting more probably information than they want, uh, no matter uh, what they tune into and what they watch and what they listen to. But uh, we were actually talking about the topic of, of long-term care insurance in general as to why one of the reasons or the multiple of reasons why people are not buying it or haven't bought it to this, to this point. And I was talking about how different this year is than we've ever had before, any experience that we've ever had. And we're looking at about 330 million Americans, <clears throat> about 14 million we're approaching in the next day or two that are that have been diagnosed as having uh, COVID in one form or one uh, at one level or another. Um, so we're also listening to the CDC say that it could be seven or eight times that amount that have actually had it, which in some ways could be good, uh, but we're not going to go down this route and spend a half an hour talking about this topic. But that could mean that as many as 100 to 150 million people are experiencing COVID at some level. If you're believing what you're hearing from CDC and other sources, that could also mean that 20 to 40 percent of those people will have some sort of residual condition, heart-related, breathing, kidney, or some type of pre-existing condition that they're going to develop. That could mean as many as 20, 30, or 40 million people in America uh, might end up having or becoming long haulers and becoming people that are not going to just walk through a park and, and say, okay, I had it, but I'm fine now three days later or three weeks later. Um, this could become a real big issue for us going forward beyond the vaccination and beyond uh, our, our beating, beating the illness down to a point where we can live in a more normal life. Because now we're talking about conditions that may need or require assistance. And my question to you was, why aren't we seeing more, even a lot more people stepping up right now and purchasing long-term care insurance while it's available, while, while it's... Uh, while before they've been diagnosed as having a pre-existing condition that will make them ineligible. So that's really the scary part of the story to it me, is. that people should be taking more of an action. We've always had good reasons, but people don't usually buy for good reasons. And not necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with your host from, not your host, but your guest from last week who was re referring to, I wrote it down, must show the facts uh, because not everybody's buying it based on facts. That's right. The buyer, yeah. base, 
basing it based on emotion, based on personal experiences. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why people have either purchased it or are not purchasing that are not really related related to the facts. And Absolutely. And facts right now and saying we should have millions of people signing up for long-term care insurance. This is more of an issue of disability than it is one of death for, for the great majority of people that are going to be affected by it. And, and they should be taking action. And we should be discussing how do we go about motivating those people that are not taking action. No, that, 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 yeah, that's incredible statistics. And, of course, with the holidays coming up, the CDC is expecting it to be even worse. People are flying again. People are getting together. Um, this, this could really be a, again, I don't want to be Chicken Little. In fact, the, the young people that are watching are going, what the hell is Chicken Little? I don't want to be running around saying the sky is falling. But this holiday season does pose a threat to, to amplify this pandemic like it's never had been before. Mark, Bill, your thoughts on that? Well, um, I'm, if you don't mind, Bill, I'll just chip in with this because uh, I've been doing a lot of contacting around this exact message. Um, you know, when you dig down in the statistics, 42% of the people that are passing away as a result of complications from COVID are, are living in some kind of assisted living facility or a nursing home. So this is the highest area of which uh, the, the highest percentages of deaths of any place you could be or in, in, in any category that's out there. And so I'm getting a lot of contact or, or people seeking me out to, because they have peers in that uh, age group. And again, they don't want to be in that same position. I had um, several people on claim at the time when COVID first started in early mid-February to early March, and every one of those people are home now or in their home or at their children's home, mm -hmm. as opposed to being in a facility, all because they had a plan. And that's and so they could be in control of how they got care. And um, those that didn't have a plan, guess what? They're stuck in one of those facilities and can't be visited by their friends and relatives and are at the mercy of uh, what might be contracted by all the other people around them and it's not a healthy and good situation so peter's point is greatly taken in that why would you wait to see if you're going to have complications if you're going to get COVID, right. and not put a plan in place first and one last thing on that before you turn it over to the genius over there mr comfort um is he and i are together on one thought always have been people when they get long-term care are not buying a product they're getting a plan. It doesn't mean that, um, again, there's so many different ways to address this risk. You need a plan for long-term care. If it happens to be long-term care insurance, fine. If it happens to be one of the many other ways you can address this risk, that's fine. If you decide to self-insure, that's fine, as long as you have a plan. And my voice just went up three octaves, so I don't know where that just came from. But <laughs> let's turn it over. One last thing, though, before I turn it over, Michael. I realized why I was, I was a little skeptical about coming on this panel because you've had this panel together one other time, right? Yes. Every time I come on, I'm reminded how, how hair challenged I am. Everybody else on this panel has a big, healthy head of hair. Well, is that, a, is that done on purpose? From now on, I want to see bald people on these panels. I can't stand it. I'm the last guy that I, I have the least amount of hair. That can so we got to fix that you know. for the future. 
that okay. can be solved. Solved. Okay. Good. Okay. Bill, what paint, do you your, mean? paint your head green, Mark, and we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll oh, yeah. key in some uh, we'll key in some nice hair there for you. I got that hair uh, in a can. That's what I'm going to go use. I'll spray that up there. We'll be fine. I want your perfect. Hair. Perfect. I, I think you know the how does COVID uh, the the current wave acceleration of COVID cases and and vaccines on the horizon. How does that impact what we do in long-term care planning, long-term care advising, and long-term care insurance sales? And I think, I think there's really two aspects here that Peter started to identify. So Mark, one of those aspects is what you just outlined, your plan for care, for paying for professional care, has to consider the idea of where do you want to get care? Where do you want to have the option to get care? Everybody says, I'd, I'd like to stay at home if at all possible for as long as possible. Of course, there's our connection to reverse mortgages, which have always been kind of positioned as use your home equity to stay at home. And we're going to expand on how that might help with funding long-term care insurance. That's to come down the line. But I think the other thing that Peter's putting his finger on here is not just this message that you need a plan, if not some insurance to help pay for it, particularly to stay out of a facility, COVID-related or not. That's right. That's but right. the other aspect is Will you be able to even buy the insurance you want when you want to buy it? And what I'm hearing, Peter, you say is we don't yet know what the long-term health consequences are of even a COVID exposure. You know, that asymptomatic, you tested positive, maybe you just felt like you had a little bit of the flu or the crud, you know, you were not in the hospital or whatever. We don't know. For those who had very severe pieces, they're very concerned about lingering effects. But there's questions about everybody else as well. It could be that underwriters start charging more or cutting back on offering coverage. That's a possibility. Why would you risk that? Why would you wait? And I think COVID reminds us in a way, both directly and generally, if you're going to use long-term care insurance to fund at least a portion of your plan, you have to take action while you're still healthy enough to qualify. And, and I think that's the, that's the two-pronged awareness here that, that COVID ought to be calling to everyone's attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's... <clears throat> We're going to go off of COVID because I thought we'd spend about 20 minutes on it and we've spent about 23. So for, for this group, that's amazing. Um, so we're, we're, we're close to on time. We're going to get back to what we discussed last week because my LinkedIn account, uh, everything that we do, the website here at Ready? Beam TV is just people from financial planners to consumers. Oh, okay. Because again, the background noise is going over the TV. I'm sorry, do you, I'm sorry, Mark. That's okay. I just didn't want your mother to start banging pots. <laughs> Mark, you're on the air, you know. 
Sorry. I have a 98-year-old mother-in-law, and I had to make sure she didn't. I had it on mute. I didn't think I could be on the air. <laughs> Bring my 98-year-old mother-in-law in here. She'll <laughs> shame us all. All right. So I know that a lot of, I mean, you, you gotta, I'm sitting here in my Santa Claus chair with three national long-term care insurance experts. And whatever I've learned has basically come from you three. So I know the link products have been growing rapidly in population, you know, in popularity. Um, everybody's talking about it, not just you three. It's been around for a while. Um, and I know also, Bill, from reading, because anytime you put something on LinkedIn, I don't care if it's a recipe, not that you've ever put a recipe on there, I read it. If I see Bill Comfort, I read. And I know I that you've been different. doing a little for lack of better terms, trend the last 30 days or so, maybe more, let's not forget traditional long-term care insurance. In fact, I think there was one comment, and I'm paraphrasing, so you correct me, where you said to your long-term care insurance brothers and sisters, I wish people would stop saying that the link products are going to save long-term care insurance. We still have plenty of other options, and you, I know you love the link products too, but you're still a fan, as you said last week, and that was my favorite part of the show. When you showed that plan, it's $600 a month for one person, $1,200 for two. We come in, we, the reverse mortgage world, we eliminate their $1,500 mortgage payment. They get the best long-term care insurance that they can have. They have no house payment, in fact, they actually have an extra several hundred dollars a month to put towards quality of life. So I know you're, you know, you're still a fan of traditional long-term care insurance, whereas everything I read in LinkedIn is, if you, and I'm not putting it down, if you put up 100 grand, you get a multiple of this, and if you put up 150, you get this, and if you would just do this, and, and I know there's a difference between, you know, Mark, your philosophy, and a little bit Bill's philosophy. I know you, you arrive at the same place of helping the client with what they need. Um, but Bill, you, you still love that long-term care, traditional, and I do too. And I say this when I teach. I, I, I try to say this as as well as I can, even when I'm advocating for one or the other uh, generally, one is neither better nor worse than the other. They're different ways to fund your care. Now, here's the thing, well, two things. First of all, the numbers we looked at last week, and we can go back over them if you want to tonight, Michael, I'll leave that up to you. Okay. It was $1,200 a month for both if they bought a hybrid plan with life insurance. Correct. The equivalent traditional was 600 some for both. Oh. So it's even more dramatic than, than, than the summary that's there. Just, just, I mean, that's a quick clarification for people to recognize, and, and that's using the exact same long-term care benefits. Now, the hybrids have a death benefit, and you know that's what you're paying the extra for, and guaranteed premiums if you want, but it's a significant premium difference. So let me say this, and, and we'll keep moving this conversation forward because 
really one of the biggest issues is how am I going to pay that premium, whether it's 600 a month or 1200 a month or a lump sum of 150, 180,000, where am I going to get that money? And there's a lot of different answers to that. I think an answer that needs to be looked at more closely by everyone in financial services is the reverse mortgage. Here's what I've really found out, though, and I'll, I'll end on this comment related to what you were sharing from LinkedIn. Almost are not allowed to write traditional long-term care insurance because their company or their securities company doesn't let them write it, or they work for a company that doesn't sell it. Bill, can you do so me a favor? So you got to look at the source. I need you blocked out for about 15 seconds when you said, ah. Michael, related to your comments on LinkedIn, it was probably the most important part, and you blocked out for 15 seconds. Take two. Sure. I, I think what what I was just trying to get to there was the um, the comments on LinkedIn that declare the death of traditional long-term care insurance. Mm -hmm. Those who state that, who state it most loudly and broadly, are people who either can't or don't sell traditional products. Mm -hmm. It's like asking the Ford dealer what his opinion is of Chevy's. So you got to look at the source here, and there's a lot of people declaring the answer because the answer they claim is all that they can sell. So I think the source of information has got to be looked at closely by professionals and consumers. Michael, I mean, uh, Bill makes an excellent point, Mike. Uh, a, um, the, there is no such thing as one perfect plan. Like you say, mm -hmm. I will tell you that I love traditional. If you're over age 65, you're going to get a lot more value over age 65 from a traditional plan than you are from a hybrid. If you're under 65, more times than not, a hybrid with a, a inflation rider on it is going to give you more value than than the, the traditional. So it's a matter of what's right for you. Second, Again, I hate to have to quote Bill all the time because who knows where his head goes every time we do that. But he, he is a huge fan of the fact that you end up paying for long-term care with income. And the reason that you get a plan is to protect your principal, which generates the income, which allows you to pay for long-term care. And people tend to think they're going to pay for it with their savings. What they're really attempting to do, whether they realize it or not, is to protect the savings so it can continue to generate the income so it doesn't disappear, especially for the healthy spouse who's going to outlive them and, um, and, and is going to count on those funds. So it, 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 people have to get a real good handle on what the products really do for them. And well, then all of a sudden it becomes an easier decision for them. Now, keeping in mind, I want to bring Peter in on this. You yeah, should. Peter is obviously, the, you know, Peter is the first person I met, you know, in the long-term care insurance world, and it, and it uh, obviously grew into a, a staggering friendship and relationship, and he introduced me to both of you. But yeah. tell don't me if I'm overstepping, that. Peter. I, mean, don't I think hold that you against needed you. ID to get in the room, in fact, you were so young. <laughs> the, uh, so you correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but we've had this, this goal, and you have 
flown to New Jersey to talk about it, flown to California to talk about it with me. Uh, so has Bill a couple of times and Mark once of bringing long-term care insurance. You brought it up today. An industry like, like reverse mortgages, in fact, you're better. You said that you've never went above 5% penetration. I don't think reverse mortgages has gone past 2% penetration of the possible clientele. These two industries that are so good for people just can't seem to get the attention of the consumer or the financial community. And right. when, when Mark or Bill say, you know, we're going to use this to protect their savings and we'll take this hundred grand from here, we'll put it there. I always had this dream, and I know you know this, and you've helped me, and we're about to achieve it, I think. There's all, here's the group, of, here's the planet, Earth. Well, let's say here's the United States of America. Here's the amount of people with enough savings in the bank here to say, hmm, let's redirect some of our savings and put it towards long-term care insurance which is why you have a 5% or less penetration rate. Here's the rest of the country that doesn't have squat in the bank. Maybe, I'm not talking about $12, but not hundreds of thousands to think of to protect. But boy, they got hundreds of thousands of equity. And I'm trying, and I know we're all trying, to change that marketplace, to get to the masses, to say to that person with $62,000 in the bank, and he needs it there. But you have 300000 in equity. So let's make sure you're never in a facility. Let's make sure you have the best care at home. And I think that's where we have to change, for lack of better terms, a term I've never used, actually, uh, on, on this show. That's where we have to choose, change the lexicon of reverse mortgages and long-term care insurance. Let's take it out of this small little market. Would you like to take money out of annuity? Would you like to protect your wealth? In fact... I know Mark, and I love when you say it, you sometimes have called long-term care insurance not health insurance, but wealth insurance, quoting Mark Goldberg instead of uh, Bill Comfort for once, all right? But there are so many people out there that are not wealthy but still need long-term care insurance. And that's what I think the marriage of these two industries is going to get to, an entirely new market. Peter, what do you think of that? Okay, so I know that we have a, a love fest going on here, and, and there's good reason for it. Uh, we have a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge. But I think we tend to uh, sometimes put the cart before the horse. What we've got is people that have great understanding of product and programs and, and underwriting and all the processes. But I think what we're missing is that we have to sell more of the concept uh, you know years ago I, I used a, a term that I actually believe in to this day and that was you have to become an owner of the concept and then the contract so what we what we need right now is we still do need to find the reasons why people are either buying or not buying and then the main thing that you're talking about Michael and I totally agree is we need to find the money we, not, we need to find the source once we have people believing in the concept and saying, mm -hmm. okay, I'm interested, regardless of whether it's traditional or whether it's a link benefit or, or, or some other kind of program. Uh, most of the people that you're referring to, Mike, are saying no 
because they don't have it in their budget. They don't have it in their priority list. Exactly. And we need to be able to motivate them through some other source. We began talking about this, as you said, years ago. And I think we're finally ready at this point, now that we've passed the last 10 or 15 years of discussion, to come up with a solution for some of those folks. Uh, not all of them, because uh, this is not going to address the issue for people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. But I do think we should, you know, before we run out of time, talk about what is available for them once they believe in the concept that they should own long-term care insurance. Um, Bill, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you want to say something, Mark? Real quick. A, um, I like the fact that when, when Peter talks, the three of us become bobbleheads and we just <laughs> yep. start bouncing up and down. Um, second, um, I, I watched last week's show, too. Um, the guy that had the beard looking like David Letterman, I forget his name. Yeah, uh, Steve Sless. Steve Sless, One of the yeah. best um, mortgage yeah, Except his was a completely dark country. beard. It was, but he it was got like it trimmed, by the way. Here. Looks yeah. like a rabbi. Yeah, oh, well, that's what I was going to say. But, Sorry. okay, you, that's okay. Let's go with that. Um, again, affordability is, you know, it's, it's affordability and then your health are the two biggest reasons why people hold back from getting long-term care. So you have to design a plan that meets those requirements first, because it doesn't matter, okay? If they can't admit to, to uh, um, Peter's point that they have a need, it doesn't matter how much it costs. If they don't have a need for it, and, and they can't articulate that need, it doesn't matter how, what, how much it costs, because it's gonna be too much, whatever you say. And second, if you do have a need, if you make it too expensive, they're not going to keep it, and that def and that def you know defeats the whole purpose of helping them put a plan mm -hmm. in place. So, uh, you, you guys are on the stuff. Reverse mortgages. This is what you said last week on the show. The reverse mortgages are another way to leverage your money to get a lot more money in return for that if you ever happen to need long-term care. That you, you, Peter's right. They're, they're not looking at the equity. You're right. You're not. They're not looking at the equity in their home as a main source. That is correct. But when you show them that you can take that equity, put it into an, an instrument that's going to pay them four, five, seven, eight, twelve times their money back if they need long-term care. That's the ultimate way. That's right. To leverage. And so I applaud you for trying to bring these two things together because, like you said, time's overdue. Yeah. Totally what do you have overdue. to say, Bill? Bill? Well, I, I think, yeah, and, and Peter's exactly right. It's, it's a, this is not a product sale. This is not, oh, you have a lot of equity in your house. Let's tap that equity so you can buy long-term care insurance. It, it, it has to be more integrated in, in a planning conversation, in a conceptual conversation. And, of course, it, it's, it, it'll take time. It's a multidisciplinary professional connection. I can't sell long-term care insurance and initiate a reverse mortgage. That takes a reverse mortgage professional. I think in many cases, folks will also have other advisors, whether it's a CPA or a, a money manager, investment manager that's, that's part of it that's going to have questions. So there's a lot of moving pieces to getting it done but the key idea, what we started with, what we put on the table last week and what we're beginning to develop more deeply here is 
Home equity available through a reverse mortgage is another source of funds that have never been looked at or considered as a way to help buy long-term care insurance that not only protects all the other assets, but protects the life and the lifestyle of your spouse, your partner, your kids, and, and so on by paying for care. And, and I think that the concept of using one to pay for the other money to sell another insurance product, because that will bring criticism on, on, on both sides of the equation. But it's a tool, and it's, and it's money, it's resources that are available that help people do what they need to be doing in terms of long-term care planning and long-term care insurance. And that's, that's the key for me. Hey, Mike, um, yes. you know, we, we missed a few of your sentences there, Bill, but, but um, I, I think that you need to track back a little bit to the regulatory issues. It wasn't so much that we didn't believe it or that some of us that understood this 10 or 15 years ago that it didn't make sense to us it was that we were running into roadblocks and and mike i, I think you need to address where we are right now by comparison to where we have been i think that's an excellent point i think that's an excellent point yes and in early 2000 I mean, we don't want to harp on this but it, but it's it's absolutely necessary peter in early 2009 as a part of hera the housing economic recovery act uh, the act that was going to save us from tumbling into a recession. We know how well that worked. Um, part of that was a cross-selling law. Many people referred to it as a non-cross-selling law, but that was a wrong definition. But a very poorly, ambiguously written law uh, by a congresswoman named Claire McCaskill out of Missouri that cast a shadow on both industries, reverse mortgages, and insurance stating that you could not cross-sell a reverse mortgage with insurance proceeds or you could not cross-sell an insurance product with reverse mortgage proceeds. That was aimed mostly at annuities. But for the better part of the last 10 years, what is that, 2009, so 11 years, people were afraid of that. It scared a lot of insurance people. It scared a lot of huge insurance companies out of the reverse mortgage business, okay? But that rule has been redefined as not a non-cross-selling law, but a cross-selling rule. In other words, the insurance agent cannot be compensated for both products. So there is no chance of a greed level of going, okay, I'm going to sell you this, and with this, I'm going to sell you something else. And even further than that, that, even if they're not compensated, they cannot be forced time one to the other, even if they're not being compensated on one. Look, if you want to buy this, you got to get a reverse mortgage through Mike Banner. No, 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 no. You can buy this long-term care insurance any way you'd like. It just so happens a reverse mortgage may be the least expensive and the most sensible route for you to go. So it took 10 years to define this ambiguous law. But last week we made history when um, 
Mr. Joe DeMarkey, and God, I hope he's not going, he's, he's sitting by his TV, uh, by his computer going, he's going to repeat that for the rest of his life. But when Bill said to him, Joe, I just got to ask you the question. If I sell a long-term care insurance policy and my clients want to use a reverse mortgage to pay for it, is that okay? And Joe is uh, not only part of one of the largest wholesale and successful reverse mortgage companies in the country, reverse mortgage funding out of New Jersey, but he is a longtime founder and member of the board of directors of NERMLA, the National Reverse Mortgage Lending Association, still a director, and he went, absolutely. As long as we're not tying it to another product, and as long as your insurance agent is not making money on the reverse mortgage. And Bill, you remember my reaction. Yeah, and, and I think I think Peter, you know, what yeah. we're what we're trying to move past here is a presumption that you can't do it because you can do it. You can right. use the proceeds from a reverse mortgage to buy long term care insurance in, in whatever form would be appropriate. Here's what I think. I think it's an ethical issue. Yes. How is it ethically being positioned? The concept. How is the concept being ethically positioned? Is it in the best interest right. of the client? Both the reverse mortgage and whatever long-term care funding uh, is being rec uh, recommended along with that. I think that's the big hurdle yes. and the big challenge for all of us to watch out for. But you know what? That's a challenge we live with every day on making any kind of product That's or right. concept or strategy recommendation. Right, and I can't speak for your industry, but there's no doubt in the world, and I, I, I get uh, not-so-nice emails and texts and comments on LinkedIn when I say this, but the reverse mortgage industry has been scared to take this step. But it's time, whether it's COVID-19, pushing it over the edge, or again, longer lifespans, but we have been able to do this for 11 or 12 years, but they are not usually long-term care insurance people invited to, long, to reverse mortgage conventions. And although there have been a few long-term care insurance companies, quite a few, thanks to you three that I have spoken at, um, and there's a, a couple of other people that have done it as well. Um, it's one of the things we discussed last week, Bill. It's time for these two industries to start inviting each other to each other's functions and, and join at the hip. And maybe we're being remiss in not including the FPA, the Financial Planning Association of America, because in many cases, the people are going to have another person, a financial planner. But I always get back to that grassroots that I want to bring it to the masses, and the masses, their largest net worth comes from their home, and they do not have a financial planner. And that's the masses I want to convince um, that they can afford long-term care insurance and they can and they can use their home to stay at home. Bill, Peter, I want working. you to imagine what a party that would be if we got the reverse mortgage people together and the, the long-term care oh, we're people doing together it. at a convention. We're doing it. Well, boy. Let me tell you something. Post-COVID-19, now whether these vaccinations are a month away or how good they are or whatever it is when we all get back to having conventions we are now when i say we i mean professional mortgage alliance which is only licensed in two states and getting three more licenses probably 
in the next 90 days. But we are discussing a joint venture um, that would put us in, a, a, in the majority of this country. And when COVID-19 is passed and we're back to having conventions, we will be speaking at all of your at all of your places as long as you guys get me in i always got to depend on you it's like yeah you guys are the uh, the ticket masters i have to call you up and go they turned me down can you get me in to speak and one of you go yeah we'll take care of it mike it's okay um oh yeah we're joining yeah, forces one guy that this is it it's happening so to mike you it's a work in progress you've got three different groups involved you have the the carrier group that industry itself the advisors, and then you have the consumers. And and we need to continue doing what we've been doing in the past. We just need to be able to step it up. Uh, and I think the timing should be better than it's ever been before. Yes. I don't know that it will be, but it should be for a number of different reasons. Yeah, there's it no doubt be. about this it. This is an idea this time has come. Now, Mark, you brought something up today, and I, 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 uh, we disagreed on it a little, but I want to bring it up uh, again. And, but I'm going to let you do it mostly, which is you thought maybe agents, insurance agents, might have a problem with not making money on the reverse mortgage. That insurance agents might stand up and go, wait a minute, if we're referring it, why aren't we making money? Yeah, that was my initial reaction. I've had the luxury of thinking about it for uh, this afternoon. And I think the importance of it being an alternative funding source trumps whether or not should you say the word Trump's. Um, That's a good word. Uh, yeah, overcomes the uh, the objection as to whether or not they're not they're making money on it or not. Because if, if this helps them make a long term care uh, put put a long term care policy in place that they wouldn't have been able to done, do without it, they're going to make money off the long term care plan. So that that should be enough. And I have a novice question for you because because I just don't know the answer. If one of your agents were to say, look you know, let's do an annuity. You brought this up, Mark. Let's do an yeah. annuity um, that pays out X, and that X will make the premium well, on your right. long-term care insurance policy. In fact, they are making money on both. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying right. sound like Jerry Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, um, right. But, but I that still don't understand true. why they, they make it a distinction. I know you can't do it with Medicare either, but I, don't, I just don't understand. All they're doing is hurting the, cons hurting the consumer from not having that luxury to be able to discuss it exactly so maybe like you know i watch claire mccaskill all the time on uh, morning joe you know uh, and uh i i think that she would probably have a different opinion today than she had 15 or 20 years ago when she she made I'm that not sure she's had a valid opinion in the last 15 years but that's just me um just you yeah bill it looked like you were about to say something well I, yeah i was gonna say we can have the conversation uh, that was my big takeaway, and I, I felt like we'd been getting there, but after last week's show, it's I can raise the subject with confidence that if a client is looking for ways to fund the premium in whatever form, that home equity through a reverse mortgage could be a legitimate way to do that. And there's all sorts of different designs of reverse mortgage, how you take the money, what you do with it, and so on, just like there's all kinds of different designs on long-term care insurance. So we can 
absolutely raise the subject. We need to raise the subject. We need to be ready to raise the subject. It's not going to be something everybody's comfortable with, every agent or advisor is comfortable with. And it will take, it, it will be a very patient sale, speaking as, the, as a long-term care insurance person, salesperson, expert. It, it's not going to be a one or two week close. It's going to be a two or three month close, even if everything works perfectly and starts from the get-go because the reverse mortgage has to be applied for, has to be approved. There's all the steps there. There's other advisors and so on. So it has to be a patient sale. I will tell you that the reverse mortgage world has matured a lot. And our average closing, I will tell you, is about 28 days from closing. We're no okay, longer but long-term care is another 28 but it's days. It's not a to, one or two week right. close. But it, you're right. And salesmen don't like waiting for their commission. They just don't. In all walks of life. It, it, it's a it's a patient it's a funding source where the agent has to be willing to be patient because you're waiting for something else to happen in order to pay the premium as opposed to just cashing in an annuity or rolling over in an annuity that the client already has direct control over or just writing a check for that first uh, premium. So I, I, it's just something that I've been thinking about as well, that if you're talking to people who are ready to buy, interested to buy, do you really want to sort of step back and introduce something that might risk inserting a month or two or longer in the process? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I keep coming back to what's best for the client. Yeah, but actually, uh, you just touched on it. It used to be that would be the case, but now since the carriers in long-term care stopped taking upfront deposits, they can apply because it doesn't cost me. And that six to eight weeks is going by. If if Michael just you know shared something that is uh, true in the in the long in the reverse mortgage, and of course he did. Which I didn't it, make it said up. It, if it wasn't. Um, He's sinking to me. Um, uh, if he did that, if did we you did just that, say we if I be... shared something that was true? Is that, like, like was is that the word? You really want to have this debate right now? <laughs> so, I've, been so hung my... up. I've been hung up on those Christmas stockings behind. I'm a Christmas guy. It's for Peter. Like the festivities. Peter, did you but, hear that? <laughs> but I, do you really want to just celebrate a holiday where you stare at a dead tree and eat candy out of a sock? Let Peter, let Peter, what were you going to say? Whole, you know, what's that? Peter. So I, I, I'm not so sure that I agree totally with what Bill just said, even though 99% of the time I do agree with him. I, I don't think it's, I think the bigger issue is the non-buyer, not someone that's currently buying and then giving them another source to pay the that's premium. Right. But it's the person that's saying I'm not buying it because I don't have the source to be That's able right. to pay it. That's and, my group. And then I think we need to approach this the way we've been approaching it all along, just more effectively, and that is a team approach so that we're handing this off and just introducing the concept, introducing the the idea, and, and maybe doing an elevator speech type you know, relationship that we're bu building so that someone with the expertise of a Mike Banner could then go into, here's how this part of it works and then take it back to us to you know, take it apart and say, well, this is the right kind of long-term care insurance that you want to purchase. 
and work work this as a team. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Um, I, I don't think it it will it will work. I mean, you I can't agree have you can't I have agree. a little bit of knowledge about. I remember a few Peter, I, I think we're actually exactly on the same page there, and, and that's that you, you just said it a little more eloquently. You know, I was addressing an agent that's looking to make a long-term care sale right now right. versus developing those who haven't bought, particularly because of the question of financing, and you're spot on, and, and I, I do agree with you 100%. You know you're running out of time. Um, uh, Michael, but you made a point before that needs to be reiterated. If you want the long-term care people to consider it, your side of the fence, the reverse mortgage side of the fence, needs to better um, communicate yes. what the new rules are. Because yes. there's a lot of misconceptions. I asked you about that too. I said, what if I do a reverse mortgage? You only give me you know, 50, 60% of the equity in my house on the reverse mortgage. Do I end up losing the other side, You know, the other 40%? If, uh, because we did, we did it, and you said, absolutely not. But I don't know how many people know that. That's exactly right. Yeah, uh, the reverse mortgages, because I love the reverse mortgage industry and most of the people in it, but the reverse mortgages industries has, short, has, has fell very, very short in delivering the message of how great this product is to the public. I mean, we know it. It's not a secret. Um, we're just not good at it. Now, you know, I have to give amazing credit to AAG, um, which is the number one retail lender in the country. I'm sure you've all seen the Tom Selleck commercials. Yeah, he great. puts out the absolute, you know, most incredible. He, they do. I give them, you know, they're the rock of the industry right now. Um, you know, years and years ago when you had um, Robert Wagner come out, you know, stand in front of a multi-million dollar house and an antique car and go, I know your needs, even though he was pretty much the father of reverse mortgages. To this day, people say to me, oh, you do that Robert Wagner thing, right? That reverse mortgage thing. That's, I mean, he did bring us to the public, but they were much cheesier commercials. Uh, today's commercials are much better, but we got a long way to go. Um, I wanted to say, and I never thought about this, maybe Bill can help me with this. I'm sure the three of you can, but more Bill. Um, I remember it was just a few months before Hera, we were all in Texas, and Peter had arranged for me to have one of my best, uh, uh, one of my largest speaking engagements at that time. It was a little before, it was late 2008, mid-2008, and I don't know if you remember, Peter, we spoke, and, yeah. and I spoke to a few hundred people, and oh my God, I had tens of thousands of people that wanted to number use mortgages to sell long-term care insurance, and uh, suddenly the Claire McCaskill thing happened, and, and it all went bye-bye. But one of my interviews was with Harley Gordon, who is also, you know, obviously the, uh, the originator of the CLTC designation. Um, and I think he has sold the school. Am I correct about that? Yeah. Yeah. Is he still in the industry? Because I'd love to oh, have yes. him on. Oh, yes. He's still actively involved with the, the designation uh, and I the training. I would love to have him on. Because he did an interview that if he gave me permission, that interview is probably seven or eight years old, that I would love to play on this or bring him back. That he looked at me, he put his hand on my shoulder, he went, Michael, get us a financing option for this product, and we'll take it out of the world. We'll take what it into the... What about a reverse mortgage uh, class? Yep. Remember that, Peter? A reverse mortgage class for CLTC. What about that? Yep. 
Well, guys, I'm not going to keep you extra. There's about 20 seconds left on the show. This was an unbelievably great. We're taking it out. We're taking it in little things. We're going to put it all over the place, and our two industries are definitely going to join forces uh, sometime before um, I leave this planet. So thank next you once time, again. And uh, we only got five like seconds to go. Thank you all, and I will see you all next week. Thank I you. I want to put it in a cage match format, if that's okay. Yes, a cage match. You guys can stay on, though, so we can talk.